Hey, this is Jenna Spencer. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a new and becoming a good friend of mine, Jenna Spencer. Jenna's entrepreneur journey begins at a desk in the corner of her little girl's room. Jenna was a mom to young children when she started desperately searching for something to fulfill her passion as both a professional and a mom. Compromising family time for a demanding corporate job had hit its expiration date. Being raised by a Mary Kay senior sales director, Jenna had an entrepreneurial spirit and knew there was an opportunity out there. Finding the right fit for her was key. Taking a chance on a Craigslist ad, Jenna became the assistant to two EOS implementers in 2014, St. Patrick's Day to be exact. She quickly fell in love with not only the role, but the process and culture of EOS. During a visionary conversation with her clients just six months later, the idea of Assist Pro was created. With their mentorship, guidance, and promotion, Jenna was able to pay forward the amazing work-life balance she found to others within her network searching for the same things. Today, AssistPro provides top-notch operational and administrative support of hundreds of business coaches and entrepreneurs while providing a rewarding work-life balance to the assistants on their team. Jenna has also created Delegation Mastery, a proven process to help entrepreneurs and leaders delegate everything outside their unique zone of genius. And I can promise you we will dive into that because Lord knows we delegate too little in today's society, allowing them to experience hyper growth personally and professionally. Hey, I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation today with Jenna. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or maybe you just want more and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. 
Okay, let's do this. Jenna, welcome to the show. Thanks, Stacey. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. And, you know, I know how crazy your schedule is, and I'm just blessed you made time for myself and our listeners. So let's, let's talk about this journey of yours. You went from corporate to entrepreneur, and yeah. your, your aspiration, your inspiration, your stimulation was being raised by a Mary Kay professional. You know, I think that's phenomenal because I was raised by a stay-at-home mom and I was raised by a father who towed the corporate path. However, he was a salesperson, so he was responsible for his own income, right? Mm -hmm. So growing up, watching your mom be a Mary Kay senior sales director, which is an impressive path, what was that like for you? I think hindsight is 2020. I don't think I realized how impressive that was until I actually became an entrepreneur. So growing up, um, I had an unconventional upbringing. Um, not only did my mom do that, but I was also homeschooled um, from fourth grade all the way through high school. And, you know, my mom was always super creative, always allowed for me to learn in the way that made the most sense for me. And we were always surrounded by creativity. And it was very interesting because I just remembered probably a few months ago that I had lemonade stands every summer. I was selling homemade ornaments from like painting the little nuts that fell off my grandmother's tree and making the little ornaments every Christmas. Mm -hmm. And there was so much entrepreneurial like juice, I guess, in my upbringing that I didn't even realize it until I found myself on the corporate path. Like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is what it was supposed to be. So for me, um, it wasn't so much it was more, it was more just like a creativity in my upbringing that I didn't realize until later in life. Awesome. You know, it, it, it's funny that, that you bring that up because when I was probably early junior high, my mom ended up getting a job because she was bored. You know, my, my brother was in school, I was in school and you know, I grew up in a little suburban town in the East Coast where everyone knew everyone. There wasn't a lot of entrepreneurial surroundings around us, you know. Uh, there, there were little mom-pa restaurants. There wasn't even a mom-pa restaurant. There were little like mom-pa stores, you know, like convenience stores. But that was really it. Uh, most of them were just big box chains. And, and I, I remember very specifically, all my friends were getting allowances. And, you know, I asked my parents for allowance and my dad looked at me and said, your allowances, I put clothes on you, food in your belly and a roof over your head. That's your allowance. Unless of course you want to start paying rent, then I will give you an allowance. And I kind of looked at him and I, and I, I almost felt abused, right? And I was <laughs> like, you're supposed to put that, you know, over my head and everything. And you know, he just ignored me. So he goes, if you want money, go out and make it. He goes, I have to, so you should have to. So I went around town during the summer. I was like six, seven years old. I remember this specifically. And I would uh, knock on doors and ask people if I could mow their lawns. 
Nice. You know, the, the men would laugh at me and go, you're too young to, to use a lawnmower. But the women would look at me and go, sure, if you can push it, if you can start it, go ahead. And then, <laughs> and then the men would see me starting the lawnmower and putting gas in it and pushing it. So then they started hiring me too. Nice. And, you know, I'd make like, I don't know, two, three, five dollars a lawn. You know, this is back in, in the, the seventies. And, and I, I remember working really hard and then it would snow. So then I would have to shovel snow to make money. And I would take people's trash out and put their trash cans back in. I got paid a dollar a week to do that. Take them out one day and put them back in the next day. And the lemonade stands. I remember the day I told my dad I wanted a lemonade stand. And uh, he took me to the lumber yard. We, we bought all the lumber. He, assembled, he built one of those like peanut kissing booths. Oh, know? yeah. He built me a lemonade stand that looked like that. And then um, mom went to the market and bought me all the stuff. And then they invoiced me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I, I remember, you know, people coming over at like, you know, 10 cents a cup. I was never going to get this invoice paid. Yeah. So I started hiring all my friends to go out and knock on doors and sell people lemonade. And I'd give them like two or three cents a cup. And I started making more money and I got the invoice paid faster. And, and that was my journey in entrepreneurism. However, when I got out of the army, I did what I thought we were supposed to do. And I got a job. However, my job was in sales and I climbed the corporate ladder really quick. Right. So we were raised very differently, however, ended up with a very similar mindset, right? Mm -hmm. so, so a lot of people out there don't know what EOS is. So before we dive into Assist Pro and your journey of, of you know, raising kids and building a business, can we quickly give people a Reader's Digest condensed version of what, what EOS is? Absolutely. So I am a service provider to the EOS community. Mm -hmm. So I would highly recommend anyone that's interested to go to um, EOSWorldwide.com. That's where you can get all of the information and where you can get connected to someone that is in their network that can provide all of that for you. Um, but as a high level, EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Um, there is a book um, that the founder, Gino Wickman, wrote called Traction. So I recommend that um, anyone listening that's interested to pick up a copy of that book. Um, but EOS is all about helping business owners get what they want from their businesses, really focusing on vision, traction, and healthy. And so it's a set of practices that are implemented at regular intervals within the organization to help you move your business forward and get what you want from your business. But again, I am not... Um, you know, a member of EOS, we provide services specifically to the organization um, or to their community. So highly recommend EOSWorldwide.com. They have uh, free tools on the website. You can get connected with anyone. There's tons of resources um, and definitely check out the book Traction. And there's a whole Traction library 
Um, you can also check those out for different subcategories, you know, how to be a great boss, um, your visionary integrator relationship with Rocket Fuel. So there's just lots of amazing resources and I'm a huge, huge fan. Awesome. Awesome. So, so you, you left corporate America, realized it was interfering with your journey as, as a mom and, and your alignment and congruency with how you were raised. Right. So did you just wake up one day and go, yeah, I'm done. I quit. Or was that a process for you? It was a process for me. Um, but there was a day that I was like, okay, this, you know, I'm done. So I was pregnant with my third child at the time and realizing I was dropping my other two off, you know, 11 hours a day while being pregnant with my third, that this really was, wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. Um, I really didn't know that I was an entrepreneur just at that point, I wanted to just work from home. Mm -hmm. And so I really started looking for work from home positions. So it wasn't for me, I'm quitting and I'm starting my own business. It was definitely an unveiling process for me where I just knew that working for a large, large organization on the back end where I was a dot on a spreadsheet, I was one of 50 in a department, just doing the same thing over and over again. I was bored, honestly. Yeah. No. I, I was super bored. It just was not filling my cup. I worked for really great companies, but it just wasn't filling my cup. I was bored and I knew I wasn't doing my best work. I was not working to my capability. Um, there wasn't enough creativity and freedom in that. So um, I knew that I didn't want to go back after I had my third child, but we needed income. So I was like, all right, I have to find something. And my six weeks that I'm off of work started applying, you know, anywhere and everywhere. And at that point, of course, ran across every cold calling sales job from home, right? Because that was really big at that time. Found these two business coaches and they needed an executive assistant. I had never been an executive assistant before. I didn't know anything about EOS. They really didn't have an online presence. I didn't know what business coaching was at that time. Yeah. Um, I had not been on the professional like development path of, you know, reading all the books and, you know, like all of those things. And so... I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And my husband and my parents and my family were very supportive of that. And I was like, what is like, what, what is it that they do? What is business coaching? Like, what is this? <laughs> and they were such incredible entrepreneurs and businessmen that I instantly fell in love with the work because I knew that I was more than capable of the job. Like I had done management before, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, scheduling, organizing details, no problem at all. But six months into supporting them, they had said, hey, have you ever thought about having your own company? And I'm like, well, no, I, I haven't. They're like, well, we, all of our colleagues like asking, where can I get a Jenna? Like, I need a Jenna for my business yeah. practice. And I said, well, you know, I have had some of my previous or my professional friends asking like, what are you doing? You seem so much happier. Like you're available for your kids and you're working. How can I do this? And so standing in the kitchen one night talking to my husband, that was the moment for me. I was like, I can't not do this because I could help other people find rewarding work from home. Nice. And it was that moment, only six months, you know, working for them as an assistant that I launched into the business. That's phenomenal. Awesome. So you opened your business and became an overnight success, right? <laughs> so that was like the really crazy part because my clients I still remained their assistant for 
probably a year and I had no intention of leaving them. I was like, oh, I'm just going to help people like get connected. I'm still going to be your assistant, you know, um, but they started referring their entire network to my company and they helped me on the back end. You know, they gave me questions to ask. So they didn't give me the answers, but they challenged me with what's next and the questions I need to answer for my next phase of business. And 18 months later, they said, Jenna, it's time. This thing's growing. You got to go. You really need to go pursue this. And I realized that while I was really good at being an assistant, um, I also was like a visionary and didn't know it. And it was really cool to be able to step into that. Nice. So you know, very few start a business with a pipeline that you had, right? Mm -hmm. Most really have to dig in, take action to create that type of action, right? Mm -hmm. Your yeah. job for you allowed you to build a relationship while helping to professionals, right? Mm -hmm. That then opened up this entire pipeline for you unintentionally, correct? Yes. yes. So it's really key for our listeners to understand that relationships take time. Yes. You know, Jenna had worked with these two professionals for what, a year? Year and a half. Year and a half. Through that year and a half, she built trust. She showed competency. She, they liked her. They supported her. They wanted to help her. They saw her vision and her value, right? Mm -hmm. Relationships take time for people to really open up the doors and refer people to you in droves. Absolutely. So many people look at the relationship capacity from the lens of what can I get from you? How fast can I get it from you? And when are you going to buy from me? Mm. And that's pretty much a used car salesman approach and, you know, nothing against used car salesmen. Right. It's just that, that hidden agenda, you know, the bait and switch. Mm -hmm. the, the, the relationship has to be genuine. So, so for people starting out who don't have a drove of pipeline behind them, what advice can you give them? I love this question so much because for me, not only in my industry, right, executive assistant to entrepreneur, there has to be a, an insane amount of trust there just even to be able to delegate um, and delegate successfully. But I knew from day one that I needed to always do the best job possible or that pipeline was not going to continue. Mm -hmm. So even though we had those initial people that were being referred in, it was all on us to deliver and to take that relationship and to build that and to do such a good job that those people would then refer us out. So focus on three. So my recommendation would be focus on three relationships that you do have and earn someone's business through those relationships, knock it out of the park, do whatever you have to do to deliver your great service or your great product and go above and beyond. And once that relationship has begun and you're doing a great job with um, what you're offering, then start asking for referrals 
because then it multiplies. Mm -hmm. And I just firmly believe that because people that are getting a great product or service from you and that trust is established when you ask, then it's reciprocated. You just have to do the work first. Mm -hmm. And we always stuck by that. I never pursued sales in the beginning. I never pursued my projections. I know that sounds crazy. I just believed that if everybody that came in the door, I offered amazing service and follow-up and went above and beyond that it would serve me well. And I honestly believe that that is what has helped our success so much. Nice. Nice. So, so you start your business and, you know, I, I wholeheartedly believe that every entrepreneur out there starts self-employed, you know, mm -hmm. they, do, they do a really good job of creating a job for themselves right? Mm -hmm. which, which is great. However, it, it, it creates an income ceiling eventually because we all hit a bandwidth, right? Yep. This, this, this word delegation, right? I have this, I've always had this belief. I tell this to my clients all the time, do what you do best, hire the best to do the rest, mm -hmm. right? And so many people struggle with that delegation part. So can you share with us how lack of delegation hurts people, okay. how, it, how delegating helps people, and maybe some tips on how they can delegate? Delegation, the act of delegation, I could argue is how all companies grow, right? Because everybody, it starts with a vision yep. and then you have to delegate. And then that's how that company grows. And so there's lots of soft skills that leaders need, right? We need emotional intelligence, listen twice as much as we speak, all of these things. But unless you learn to master delegation, you're not going to be the leader that you want to be. And I really firmly believe that. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like the lack of delegating, it just holds you back. It holds your company back. Um, it takes you a lot longer to get where you want to go. And if you do get there, you don't have the team in place that you really wish you would have um, because, you know, people can, there's lots of different ways to delegate, right. And lots of different, lots of different uh, levels of delegation, but lack of delegation just holds you back. It, it stunts your business growth. I mean, to me, it's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. um, what you get from really great delegation. So I, there's a couple things here. So the first is I believe that great people want growth and great leaders want great people. And so if you are delegating and you are serious about your delegating, you're feeding those great people continual work and continual growth. And you are creating the freedom for yourself to have more balance, you are creating space for you to think about the high level things you need to think about for your business. And you are creating growth because when you can delegate to the people who are good at doing all the other things, then that creates so much space for faster and more effective business growth. Mm -hmm. um, my recommendations on how to delegate. So to me, there's a delegation equation. It's the right fit plus the right process equals delegation because delegation is hard to do at first because we're typically delegating things that we have on our plates to begin with. Mm -hmm. So 
the right fit. You need to have the right person that you're delegating to. So whether that's a person in the department, you know, a leader or an assistant, make sure you have the right kind of person for that role, for your organization and for yourself. So making sure you're doing really great screening that, you know, not only do they like want it, but do they have the capacity to do it? And that's some EOS like language coming in because I've been running my company on EOS for seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, then the other part is the process. So I recommend if you're delegating for the first time or you're wanting to uplevel your delegation, pick three things and think about what could you delegate off of your plate today that's going to have the biggest impact on your time and your capacity as a leader. Mm-hmm. And not just delegating tasks that then you have to follow up on. There's a big difference between delegating tasks and delegating responsibilities. Equipping that person you're delegating to, to own what you're delegating to them so that they can manage the flow of those items and come to you for support rather than, for example, hey, schedule this for next week, you know, like thinking higher level, is this something repetitive? Is this something that they can bring to me? So pick three things and out of those three things, just ask yourself, what can I delegate off my plate today that's going to have the biggest impact on my time and capacity? Nice, nice. Thank you. You know, I, I think I think one of the things that really holds people up from being able to step into a space of trust to delegate is is actually several things. For one, you know, we've all met that itty bitty shitty committee, right? We all, we've all met the bully in the brain. It's the one that really starts getting loud, really starts throwing a fit, really starts beating us up if something goes wrong, if something doesn't go right, if something doesn't go our way, if, if, if we're not making the money that we should or could, or, you know, fill in the blank, everything that triggers that bully. Mm. That itty bitty shitty committee goes south, starts having meetings and you're not invited to them. However, you're the main topic of conversation. And, and that has entrepreneurs start really second guessing the decisions that they make, because this bully beats the crap out of them on a continual basis. So I think that that's number one, I think number two is so many people spray and pray, show up and throw up, they really avoid taking the necessary time to put thought into strategy, into vision, into the direction of where they can go and what they could or should do. You know, you've heard from, from gurus over the past several decades that people spend more time planning vacations than they do their business or their day or, you know, so many people just wing it. And when we wing it, we get wing it results. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I, I, I coach a lot of entrepreneurs, I work with an immense amount of entrepreneurs, uh, the tools I use are neurolinguistics programming, and I teach NLP. And, you know, it all starts with people's belief systems, with the limitations that they're programmed with. You know, Carl Jung said, where we were as a child is how we are as an adult, right? Mm-hmm. 
So it's really important for people to understand that you're operating with a program that was installed in you 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. And the conversations or lack thereof about money, about communication, about trust, about empowerment, about capabilities, all of that got programmed into us. And it's all rearing its ugly head, good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. In our everyday decisions. And one of the first questions that I ask people that I work with is, you know, what do you want from your business? What do you want from your life? And you'd be surprised at one of two things, how many people can't answer that, mm. or if they do, how low of a threshold they've created, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I have a belief that um, if you ask small, you'll stay small. And if you ask big, you'll get big. And even if you ask big and miss it, you're going to be a hell of a lot bigger than you were <laughs> if you ask small. Yeah. So I think what happens with this delegation piece is people lack trust in themselves. So because they lack trust in themselves, they project that out to others. And if I can't trust myself, how can I trust anybody? Yeah. When reality is, it does start with us. It starts with the responsibility of accepting every decision we've made, every action we've taken, good and bad, that's gotten us to today. The other thing is, accepting responsibility for the people that we align ourselves with. I mean, I'll say very respectfully, junk in, junk out, mm -hmm. quality in, quality out. It's really important to use our discernment to really utilize sensory acuity to make sure that we're aligning with and onboarding the right people. Absolutely. And then, and then making sure that we clearly communicate with them the expectations and the KPIs. Mm -hmm. So many people hire people and then both fail because the other person doesn't even know what's expected of them. Mm -hmm. right? yep. So when it comes time to delegate, what's your opinion on finding the right people? Because I really think, especially in today's environment, that's hard. So the first step is really discovery. So who am I and what kind of support do I need right now? Because that could be lots of different things. Yeah. Is your company growing really quickly and you're a visionary and you really need an operations director? Do you really just need an executive assistant? Do you need somebody in a department just to help you get things going? You know, so there, there's lots of different um places that that could be. So the first is, who am I and what do I need? Giving yourself the space to answer that question, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we should all over ourselves, right? Well, I should just do this. I should need an assistant that does this. I should need somebody that I can delegate to that, do, that does this. I believe that people need to create the space to say, this is who I am and this is what I need. Are you a fast mover? Are you a verbal processor? I need to talk through everything. So my assistant, we talk all the time, you know, and how I get support is completely different how other people in my organization get support. But I had to stop trying to be like them and know what worked for me and accept that in myself. 
So first is just discovery. Who are you and what do you need? In an ideal world, how would you work with somebody if it could be anything you wanted it to be and accept that that is okay. It doesn't matter what that answer is. That's true for you, so that's okay. Then the second is there's lots of different ways to find good support. So if you have a knack for finding good people and once you have this data, you feel confident that you can do that, you can go out on your own and you know source someone yourself. You can utilize staffing agencies, you can utilize outsource services. So you know sometimes it's worth it to make an investment in getting that help outside because it's a long-term investment. It's not just an expense. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people will do whatever's cheapest in the moment um, just because, well, I just need a fast fix, but then it's a dumpster fire later and you all you've done is set yourself back. Yep. So view that as an investment. It's an investment of your time, energy, and your money, but to get you where you want to go. Um, so there's lots of resources for that. Um, and then always, depending on how your business is set up, but always do a beta test. So know what you're going to delegate first, do a beta test with that. Don't hang the moon with this person, you know, do a 90 day trial and don't make a firm decision until 90 days are up and track how the first 90 days goes. That is in the context of this conversation. That's where I would start. (laughs) No, no, I love that. And, and, you know, I, I, I'd like to just step into that a little bit and very differently. You know, I, I, I think I think what happens is because that self-employed person did a really good job of creating a job for themselves, they step into it with the belief that I can't afford this. Mm. And when they step into it with the belief that I can't afford this, that sets them up to fail to begin with because then they look for the, I'll say in air quotes, the cheapest solution, Mm. right? And Mm -hmm. we've all heard the adage, we get what we pay for, right? Right. So reality is cheap isn't always best. Mm-hmm. What, what's best is clarity on what we need most and first. And like I said, people show up and spray and pray. They show up, throw up, right? There's really no strategy, no plan as to what it is that they're going to do in a day, a week, a month, a year. You know, they just know I need to, I need more money. I need to grow my business. That that's how they approach it. Mm-hmm. Right? They fire hose until they put something out. And, yeah. and reality is it's really important for you to look at what you do in a day, in a week, in a month, and what's generating revenue for you and what's keeping you busy. Mm-hmm. The stuff that's keeping you busy. Remember, we we should always do what we do best. It doesn't matter what you do. You have a worth, a value for your deliverable. And when you know what you make in an hour, let's just say you make $100 an hour, you have no business doing a $30 an hour job, that's right? right? For one that that job, because you're not an expert in it, probably takes you two or three times longer to do it. Exactly. So let's just say that it's a 20 hour a month job. Well, now you've just spent $2,000 of your time doing a 20 hour a month job. However, since you're not an expert in it, 
that probably took you 40 or 50 hours. Mm -hmm. So now you really spent 4,000 or $5,000 worth of your time doing that. When you could have hired someone for $600 a month mm -hmm. to do the job for you. And people don't look at it that way. Because yeah. then when you free yourself up with that time, now you get to go out and make more money doing the voodoo that you do. Yep. And it's all about realizing I spend money or I invest money. If I'm mm. spending money, then I've got a hobby, not a job or right. not a business. If I'm investing money, where can I get the biggest bang for my investment buck? Mm -hmm. and take that thing off your activity that you have no business doing and hire someone who's really good at it. And then it's going to free you up. Now, this is where the discipline comes in. Now, if you have a plan, if you have a strategy, and if you exercise discipline, you've got this free time. Fill it with revenue producing activities. Mm -hmm. Now, most people who don't have that strategy, who don't have that plan and lack some of the discipline, create a bunch of unnecessary busy work. And then they don't fill it to produce time so that they can monetize the resource that they should be leveraging. Mm -hmm. That's why I said I wanted to add to it and go down a different path because the mindset that people have that vision or lack of vision, the strategy or lack of strategy can help them or hurt them. And so many people attempt to go it alone. Mm -hmm. So many people step up with the mindset, I can't afford a coach. I'm telling mm -hmm. you, if you can't afford a coach, you can't afford to not not have a coach. Mm -hmm. Because reality is you've heard all these horror stories of the, the PhD the million dollar PhD from the school of hard knocks, right? Mm -hmm. You, if, if you want to do it right, do it from the capacity that you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to see your blind spots, hold you accountable and help you do it faster, better, and more profitable, quicker. Mm -hmm. That's just my humble opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the way that you framed that because there's a saying that um, we use in our business, but it's from the other perspective, but it's to the degree that you can delegate $30 an hour work off your plate. That's the degree that you can open up yourself to earn the rate at which you bring to the table. Yeah. And so being able to see that as that investment and absolutely, you know, um, I definitely agree that people think about, um, the cost versus the investment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my mom always taught me, you know, learn from people who have been where you want to go and who have been through the hard things, because that is wisdom. And you can learn just as much, if not more from them than you can from a textbook. Mm -hmm. And I have stuck by that. And it has served me so well, because as a, a beginner entrepreneur, and even now, that is the number one thing I've always done is always have a coach, always have a mentor, always reaching out to people that I admire, asking for help and being super assertive and diligent in asking for that support and help and paying yeah. for it too, you know, the, because that's an investment you make in yourself. And I would say that the more I've invested in myself, 
that has had the biggest impact on the speed of growth within a CISPRO than anything else. Yeah, you know, I remember, so when I, when I got out of the military, one of the very first things the discharging sergeant said to me was to make your transition into civilian life better, get a life coach. I didn't even know what the hell a life coach was. Wow. So, and you know, Google didn't exist then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I started asking people about life coaching and what it was. And I ended up uh, getting a job and my boss actually had a coach, connected me to a coach. And I was far from being able to afford that coach, right? This, yeah. my, my boss made, made six figures. And at that time I was making, I was driving a forklift, putting myself through school, right? Wow. So I was, I think I was making like, I don't know, six, $7 an hour. And, wow. and um, so he turned around and he connected me to someone he knew and I, they interviewed me. They interviewed me. That was crazy. <laughs> they interviewed me and accepted to work with me. And, uh, and I hired him. And the very first thing he told me was your homework is to put yourself into an event, not just any event. It's an event that you're interested in. And uh, when you find one, you have to buy the highest level ticket available. Mm. So I found the godfather of professional and personal development. It was like the trifecta of personal and professional development. It was uh, Bob Proctor, Brian Tracy, and Jim Rohn. They all did an event together. And the VIP ticket was the highest level and it was $1,500. And I think I just told you, I made $6 an hour. So this yeah. was like, this was like, what, two and a half, three months of my income. Wow. So I put it on a credit card. I remember maxing my credit card out and having to use another credit card too to buy this ticket. And I'm, I'm sitting around all these people who were making like really solid six figure incomes. And I'm feeling way out of my league. And look, reality is I always knew I was going to have an amazing career and an amazing income. I just... I was young, I had to pay my dues. I was going to school, right? And um, Jim Room came out on stage and, you know, he did this exercise with us. Write this down. What are you going to do? What, what are you going to make this year? And then he said, you should be investing 30% of that back into yourself. Mm. And son of a bitch, if that what he sold at the end of it wasn't exactly 30% of what I made. Yeah. Right? Wow. And fast forward, I have taken that rule of thumb and applied it to myself every year. And it has paid me back tenfold. Wow. Yeah, I have a belief what we feed grows and what we starve dies. And, you know, we are the common denominator in everything good and bad in our life. So the more we invest in us, the better we have to be. You know, what's that old saying? When we know better, we do better. Mm, right. I love that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, today I, I've had a coach, I've had a coach my entire professional life. And even, you know, a lot of our listeners know my story about when I built the seven figure business. Mm 
So uh, a coach of mine helped me build a seven-figure business in 18 months. I had a business partner embezzle it all from me and then sue me the next day. You know, our listeners are very familiar with this journey. And I remember calling my coach and saying, um, I can't work with you anymore because I, I can't afford you. And I remember her very clearly saying, you can't not not work with me now because mm -hmm. now more than ever, you need a coach. And it's not a matter of your affordability. It's a matter of you figuring out what you're going to do to keep me. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her, I looked, I remember being so pissed. I looked at her and said, that's really self-serving of you. Mm. I'm being sued. I was, I, I had, uh, you know, he embezzled everything from me. I have to file bankruptcy. And she goes, all, all of those are tragic problems. First thing you get to ask yourself is what you did to allow this to happen. Second thing you get to ask yourself is how you're going to keep me on board so I can be your partner in helping you navigate this to get out of this. Mm. And she said, as far as self-serving reality is, I don't need the money you're giving me. Yeah. You need my expertise in helping you get out of this. Yeah. And wow. I remember, I remember almost hating her. And, uh, she, she turned out to be the biggest blessing of my life. Wow. And just about the point where I was giving up, she grabbed on hard. And she ensured that I would not give up. And coaches see things we don't. Coaches know things we don't. Because we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. Get out of your way. Yeah. Align yourself with someone who can help you be the best version of yourself. You know, today I have eight coaches wow. for every area of my life. Mm -hmm. And it's been a huge blessing because it just helps me be a better version of myself every day. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. I love that. So I'd like to ask you a question before we move on in the program and you know, I hear from so many business owners, entrepreneurs, I don't know how to sell. I'm not good at selling, right? And, you know, in my opinion, selling has nothing to do with sales, right? right? And it has everything to do with who we are, how we show up and, and the intention behind it all. So I, I say that to say, if you own a business, you're selling, right? Yeah. If you're a human, you have sold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We're selling to our kids every day. We're selling to our spouses. We're selling to our friends. Anyway, what piece of advice do you have for that entrepreneur who believes that they can't sell, that, that they're not good at sales? Mm. Piece of advice. I would ask, how passionate are you about your business? Mm -hmm. Why are you in business? What excites you about your business? What good do you think your business is doing in the world? Mm -hmm. And just talk about that. Awesome. awesome. From a place, yeah, from a place of authenticity and being true to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's all you have to do. Awesome. Great. So... Jenna, welcome to the signature question of the show. 
The signature question of the show is, what does selling without selling mean to you? I think it goes back to like what I just shared um, about being authentic. Why are you passionate about your company? What do you think your company is doing for your customers? And what, you know, what is, what are you passionate about in your company? Mm -hmm. And then, um, then I think it's all about delivery and having relationships with the people who you have earned their business and building on that and just continuing to stay true to that because I did struggle a lot with sales and I have stayed true to that lane and to that thought, that mindset. And it has just been so amazing. It's been such a rewarding and fun journey. Yeah, I love that answer. Thank you. You know, reality is for me, we, we get to get what's between our ears straight because the itty bitty shitty committee is doing nothing but deploying a, an, a program that was imprinted in us between the ages of zero to seven. And by removing those limiting beliefs, by getting rid of a program that no longer serves you, by creating awareness of a false income ceiling, and by shedding anxiety, and understanding that all our decisions of yesterday created today and tomorrow. And in order to create a different today, we got to do different yesterdays. And that way we'll have different tomorrows. Mm -hmm. That's the foundation of Sell Without Selling. It's about understanding that we're responsible for everything good and bad in our life. It has nothing to do with the pandemic. And please understand, I'm very sensitive to what people went through during that. I also know we're incapable of controlling our environment, yet we are capable of allowing ourselves to control how we respond to our environment. And I met so many business owners and entrepreneurs, solopreneurs who said, I'm going to wait till we get to the other side of this before, mm. I, before I do anything. The mm. Spanish flu taught us that took three years. We're almost three years into this, mm -hmm. right? So reality is for all those people who put things on hold, that was a decision that they chose to make. The people who are still around today, I'll say in air quotes, pivoted. You know, it's so funny when the pandemic happened, all these gurus came out with the word pivot. You know, my company's been around forever, pivot point advantage. I knew a long time ago, in order to get a, in order to have an advantage, we get to pivot. And the only mm -hmm. way you can pivot is to have a solid point to stand on. Mm. So pivot is no revelation. <laughs> existed in basketball since the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so reality is stop looking at external excuses and start looking within because we are the common denominator in everything. And to mm. me, that's the foundation of sell without selling. Mm. Get out of your way so we can get on our way, right? So Jenna, welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success leaves clues. Okay. And I like to ask our expert guests questions so that our listener can say, you know what? I really like that. And I really want to apply that to my life. 
So my question for you today is, what is your favorite word and why? Oh man, I am a wordy person. <laughs> I'm, I'm a verbal processor. I would have to say for me is perseverance. I've been through a lot of hard stuff in life. I think we had that conversation before. Yeah. Um, but perseverance, because there are ebbs and flows to life. There are highs and lows. Mm -hmm. As long as I choose to get up, dress up, show up, and keep putting one foot in front of the other, every day is a learning opportunity, no matter how amazing or how awful the day is. And so perseverance is literally like how I live my life, regardless of what's going on. I love that. Perseverance. I really like that. Thank you so much, Jenna. Sure. Jenna, I really appreciate you coming on our show. I know how valuable your time is. Uh, if our listeners want to find you, follow you, reach out to you, connect with you, how can they do that? Yeah, sure. Um, so you can definitely check, our, check out our website, assistpro.com all one word. So if you are needing support or resources or wanting to get plugged in, you know, with some type of assistant, like that is the kind of do it for you where we can really help you with that. That's how you can connect with me um, and just fill out a contact form on there and, you know, connect with me that way. Um, I also am rolling out a course for um, entrepreneurs on learning the power of delegation. And so it teaches a lot of what we talked about today. Um, everything is still in like creation mode at the moment, but we are pre-selling the course and the course is available. Um, so if anyone wants to access that, you can send me um, a direct email. That's just Jenna at assistpro.com. Um, you also can connect with me on social media, but it's pretty much just me and my kids that are on my social media platforms right now. Um, and that is just Jenna Spencer, um, but would love to connect and help and just answer any questions that anyone has. Um, so again, we have the course and uh, the assistant kind of matching agency. And so assistpro.com is where you can find me and connect with me. Awesome. Your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you and for you. I'd love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Second, jump over to Instagram and follow us at the Stacey O'Byrne. That's jump over to Instagram, follow us at the Stacey O'Byrne. Last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you and get feedback on the episodes to find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this show more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and know you deserve. Head over to Pivot Point Advantage, dot com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15 minute call on the schedule. And always remember this choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. 
Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.